We look for guidance from God all the time. But a common complaint is that we struggle so hard to hear his voice. It's so frustrating to reach out to God and say, God, I need an answer to this situation, to this problem, and feel like you can't get the answer. Well, I wonder if we're looking to the wrong things or listening to the wrong things, or that maybe our understanding of how God speaks is too narrow-minded. Because I don't think the question is whether or not God is speaking. I think it's, are we really listening? Welcome to the Single Parent Preacher. My name is Alex. Now, when you go through the Bible, the Bible is full of examples of God speaking. If it wasn't, it wouldn't really be the Bible. (laughs) And one of the most common places that we turn when we're struggling to hear the voice of God is 1 Kings 19. And I have told this story, read this passage a few times here. This is Elijah up on the mountain. But instead of reading the whole story, I'm just going to read 11 to 13. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountain and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? All this stuff happens. Other translations, the translation we're most familiar with says, A still small voice. When we struggle to hear God's voice in the chaos around us, this is the passage that we all go to, to try to find that little nugget, that little thing that God is speaking to us through. And I 100% believe that God speaks to us in this way. This passage talks about a wind, but God wasn't in the wind. An earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. A fire, but God wasn't in the fire. But biblically, this is actually the exception. Exodus 14, the Israelites are escaping Egypt. They're being pursued by Pharaoh. And they're crossing the Red Sea, and Pharaoh is coming. And verse 24 simply says this. And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic. A pillar of fire and of cloud. God was in the fire. But let's move further ahead. Let's go to Matthew 27. Starting at verse 51, this is when Jesus dies. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. God was in the earthquake. God was so much in the earthquake that the Gentiles, the Romans who were watching him, said, Truly, this was the 
Son of God. Not a, the Romans were polytheistic, not a Son of God, the Son of God. God was in the earthquake. And let's go to Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You get it. God is in the wind. And in the fire. In this one passage. But see, Elijah, in the first passage, had to pay attention to the wind and the earthquake and the fire to know whether or not God was in it. This is discernment. Discernment is how we find out how God is speaking to us. Now, there are some basic things you can do without any sort of high level of discernment. You can take the information that you're getting and compare it to the Bible. Does it conflict? Yes, that's not coming from God. Answer, done. If it is not consistent with what is in the Word, with how the Word teaches us to behave, then it didn't come from God. You can also check it against godly counsel. Maybe you don't feel comfortable enough to be able to even know where to go in the Bible to look up the problem that you're having. Find a pastor, find a Christian friend, find somebody who has more experience and more wisdom in that area and say, hey, here's my problem. What does the Bible say about this? There's nothing wrong with that. And all of that should check against the Holy Spirit in you, your own, your convictions. How does God lead you? So if you've done all those things and you're still struggling, let me ask you a question. Do you really want to hear what God has to say? Or do you just want to feel better about the decision you're pretty much already going to make? Because here's the thing that we can forget. God is not always going to make you feel comfortable. In fact, it's probably going to make you feel very uncomfortable to follow what he says to do. Things are going to happen that you are not going to like. That does not mean you are being attacked by the enemy. It does not mean that things are going very, very wrong. There is a difference between confusion and conviction. Neither one feels good. And we know that God is not the author of confusion, but we are told that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. So if something is happening in your life and you don't feel good about it, this is where the discernment comes in. Are you taking issues into your own hands and going against God? Or is the enemy actually trying to thwart whatever you're doing? That would be confusion. Is there something going on in your life that is going wrong, that you've chosen, that you're continually going the wrong direction, and God is trying to correct it? That's conviction. But sometimes we think just because we don't 
feel good about what's going on, that that makes it immediately the enemy must be attacking us. And that's just not the case. Jesus tells us, you will have many trials. And I think a lot of times we're just trying to seek approval from God for the things that we're doing. Because God sees the hearts. And I wonder how often we pray, God, I really need your guidance in this situation. But what our heart is saying is, God, I already know what I want to do. Please just say it's okay. Please give me peace about it. If you pray about something and you don't get peace about it, maybe God's answer is no. If you're in a situation and you keep trying to make it work, trying to make it work, but in your heart there's just something nagging at you the whole time, there's a lot of things it could be. One of those things could be God trying to poke you and tell you, no. This is why discernment is so important. That's why being in his word, praying, having regular time is so important. You cannot get to know God if you don't communicate with God. God will show you the right way to go. There's the there's discernment that the Holy Spirit gives us. There's the gift of discernment. And then there's just discernment. The spiritual gift of discernment and the ability to discern between the voice of God and every other voice are not the same thing. So if you're not able to figure it out, you can't just say, oh, well, I don't have the gift of discernment. That's not what that means. Discernment is a skill. It comes with relationship. If you have a best friend or your kids, family, whoever, you are able to discern their moods, their patterns, just by looking at them. You spend enough time around people, you talk to them enough, you learn their mannerisms so you can discern. Somebody walks in that you know very well and you can tell like that. Good day, bad day. That's the relationship that God wants to have with us. Jesus in John ten twenty seven says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I know them. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. And that comes from spending time with the shepherd. Think about it like this. When sheep have babies, the babies don't know the shepherd's voice. They have to be taught. They have to learn. They have to be pulled in. They have to be disciplined until they understand. And even then, sometimes they wander off, but he goes and gets them back. That's what God does for us. That's what he does for you. We have to learn his voice, to discern his voice out of everything else. Because we all have a way that we want God to speak to us, a way that we think we would understand the best. Fire, the wind, the earthquake, the still small voice, we kind of pick one. Like we'll have our prayer time in the morning and pray and we pray about a situation and then God doesn't, we don't feel like God speaks to us. But then as the day goes on, we get 
an email and a phone call and a text message, maybe a commercial on TV, I don't know, of these things that all relate to the thing we were praying about. Could that be God? Sometimes we Christians have a bad habit. We go, oh, it's just coincidence. I'm sorry, it's what? It's coincidence. Now, I'm guilty of that too. Oh, it's just coincidence that all of these things happened at this time. Is it coincidence or is God trying to tell you something? And we all look for this thing. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, when we pray and we ask for peace, this is the verse we think about. We bring our request to God and he will give us peace about our requests. This says the peace will guard your hearts and your minds. Which to me says that whatever happens, as long as you are following what God says, you will have this peace. Because sometimes God's answer is no. Sometimes God's answer is yes. Sometimes God's answer is not right now. Sometimes that answer will make us happy. Sometimes it will make us sad. And sometimes it'll just make us uncomfortable. But this peace that guards our hearts and our minds, the reason it surpasses all understanding is because it applies in every situation. Whether the answer is yes, no, not right now, whether we're happy or sad, that peace applies because we will be in the will of God. Whatever happens, we'll know that it is what God wants for us because it'll line up with his word, because hopefully we've sought some godly counsel and they've helped us, because we know the shepherd's voice, because we have been able to discern what God wants. We go through seasons, good seasons and bad seasons, but it's the same God. So this peace guards our hearts and our minds in the good seasons from getting too prideful and the bad seasons from getting too depressed. At least those are two things I can think of off the top of my head that are useful to be guarded against. There's plenty others. But I want to go back to that question that I asked a while ago. When you pray and you're asking God for direction, are you really willing to do what he says, regardless of what it is? Or are you just asking for permission to do something you've already decided you're going to do? That's a topic we'll talk more about another time. But for now, my challenge to you is check your heart. What is your motivation? I don't think that there's anything that should just be dismissed. It's, oh, I'm not going to pray about this. Oh, I don't really need God, God's help with that one. But remember that God doesn't judge the words as much as he judges the heart, the motive. Are you being prideful and selfish? You're just looking out for number one? Or do you really want what God wants? Now, that's a process. None of us have it done perfect. 
most of us don't have it down barely at all. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourselves in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart because your desires will align with his desires. God is speaking all the time. We need to learn his voice and be willing to hear whatever he has to say, however he wants to say. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you speak. That when we pray, you answer. Pray that we would have open minds and open hearts to listen to whatever you have to say, however you want to say it. Help us to learn your voice, to hear it in whatever way you present it to us. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that this episode has encouraged you and challenged you. Just studying for it challenged me. And I hope and I pray that you will hear God's voice for whatever you're asking. You can find me on Twitter at SPPreacherPod. Email me at thesingleparentpreacher at gmail.com. Thank you. Until next time. The voice of God is always speaking. We just need to be willing to listen.